You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. All right, guys, we're back with Rudy and Patty, and uh, we are discussing the refinishing business that they have over there in California uh, and their carpet cleaning business and just kind of continuing the conversation with them. So one thing that I did want to ask is how did you guys get into the refinishing industry? I ask everybody who gets into it because it is so, it's so weird. A lot of people don't even know it's a thing. So if you guys could please share that, that'd be an interesting story. All right. So um, I had entered an ad in the paper down in LA. We're originally from Los Angeles and uh, they were looking for non-experience for painting masking and cleaning and i answered it um and it was for bathtub king of southern california okay and you know back then we were struggling we we struggled a lot when we first got married uh we lived in 17 spots in two years and by when we ended up in that in Wilmington, in LA, when I answered that newspaper, um, I got hired by them and we were doing one of the apartment or one of the hotels by the LAX. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did. A, I, I don't know if it was Marriott or one of the big ones over there. I can't recall, but that's where I first learned. And there was so many that I learned how to prep, mask, and um a little while after i think it took me a month and i was spraying on my own and but it it was i was determined to do better for my family and before that i had worked um two or three jobs at a time i worked at mcdonald's and um i made rivets for the b2 bomber (laughs) I worked my way up in an aerospace, it was aerospace rivets in Santa Fe Springs. Um, but um, so I learned there at Bathtub King and I used to have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to drive a bus and the uh, bus all the way to downtown LA mm-hmm. to get to work. And then I'd work till five or six and then ride the bus home. And I did that five times a week for a couple years. Wow. Um, to make a life better for my family and then we actually ended up moving to sacramento Mm -hmm. um and i got hired by omega porcelain and fiberglass in sacramento for john mayo and i worked for him for quite a bit i was able to move my whole family up with what we made um move up to sacramento so we moved up there and then something that happened within the the people that were jealous or whatever mm-hmm. because my i had a lot of skills and knowledge uh so they kind of squeezed me out and i got a maintenance job at an apartment complex in carmichael mm-hmm. and one of my supervisors had came and he goes what are you doing working here you know a skill vince campisi i man that guy 
he, he's the one who really changed our life when it came to that. Patty had always been saying we got to start our own business, but he was like, I'll tell you what, well, you shouldn't be working here. You know, a trade, I'm going to, I'll give you a loan um, so you could buy your insurance, um, get a business license and get your equipment and material mm -hmm. and then pay me half of what you make when you start. And then after you pay, it was 1500 bucks, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I got a Campbell Hossfield, you know, the plastic one from Home Depot and the little blue and the cap spray. Cause I, I was used to, we use Titan down there. Mm -hmm. Apollo sprayers at Bathtub yeah. King. And uh, I did that. I did a couple of jobs and then bought me a cap spray. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The, I like the two stage mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up, he, he gave us the money. We started, I paid him off and then he said, give me 5% for a year. So it really wasn't, it was a blessing. You know what I mean? But that's uh that is a person that is out for your best interest, man. Like at the end of the day, what did that, that 5% is nothing because at the end yeah. of the day, would you have pulled the trigger if he wanted to pulled you aside? I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Like you don't know what you know what could have happened, and sometimes yeah, right. it takes an outsider, like I was telling you guys earlier, an outsider's point of view to see like this isn't right. Like you got to do this, man, and thank God he did that because you guys are in yeah, a different place because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I ended up becoming maintenance supervisor at that uh, Westwood Apartments. Wow, in Carmichael, and I was doing the maintenance till. During summertime, the hour was, you know, eight to six uh -huh. and wintertime, it would change from eight to five or something like that. Okay. So I would work all day and then do tubs at six in the evening till nine, 10 o'clock at night. You know, that is the, tubs. that is the grind that people usually take to get to a certain level, man. Like, yeah. you know. It, it it and like like we we and you have talked a little bit, but you know you have all these people whining and complaining about things, and it's like if you like it's easy to look at the guy whose name is on the building and just fucking assume that he's sitting back relaxing and it's always been that way, and that now I'm just some worker boy and I'm getting paid to just do this shit while he sits there, but they don't see all the shit that it took you to get to that point, you know, and they'll never they'll never see it, which is why you know this is a, com a complete other conversation but to anybody who's owner operator who's thinking about hiring outside help you can never realistically expect people to give a fuck as much as you because they've never been through the shit you've been through you care about that business it's your baby you've raised it they don't care they're there to collect the paycheck so when you guys ever get to a point where you're hiring literal outside help people who are not family all that stuff don't even you need to go in with low expectations and just pull the best parts out of them and use them and they are a tool but they that's all that could be because they're never going to care as much as you they never will and that it that's just that yeah definitely and it was yeah. always for my family man yeah that's yeah. the motivator for most want people. them to see nothing we saw Mm -hmm. you, and, 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 and nothing and that makes sense that's why you guys have this dream of giving your kids a turnkey business where everything is riding because you don't want them to go through the struggle you guys went through 
But you, you got to remember to a certain extent, that's why you're in this position, right? That's why you have a business and stuff because you've, you've, that doesn't mean they need to go through it, but it does kind of mean that they need to understand that, right? That, yeah. that you guys didn't just wake up and be like, we're going to start a tub business and it all fell out of the sky, you know? Uh, they need to know you guys struggled to get there and like how to maneuver when struggles do happen because in entrepreneurship, it is, it is an up and down constantly every day, you know? Yeah, definitely. but that is that is an awesome story it actually reminds me of the story from danny because he was in a similar thing where he was he started getting people jealous of him while he was working at this other company and uh the guy started capping out his pay and he was getting paid commission because he started at doing the prep then doing the tubs then they were like you're really good at selling so he started doing their selling and then uh they they were like you get paid this much and then he was like, okay, so he would finish his regular shift and then go and, and canvas for six, seven hours. It, at, it, even even at places at night, he's like, I'll go door to door. I'll go to people's houses. I would go to complexes if they let me in. And then the guy was like, after the guy, he basically had gotten the guy so much business that he went and branched out and opened two or three other locations in the same area. That's how busy they were getting. And the guy was like, yeah, we don't really need you anymore. Because we found someone else that would sell for cheaper and they let him go. And him and his wife decided, well, fuck this. We're just going to go do our own thing. And, you know, that that is, it is a all too common story. Um, you know, so I, I really, I commend you guys for that. That is, that is awesome. And that is, Thank you. you know, that's something that people don't see. They'll never see that side of things. And so, you know, it, it's, but it's good that you shared that because there are people out there struggling worse than you guys who are like is this shit worth it and then it's like well the it's grind yeah man it's 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 like that with everything the struggle and then comes the reward right yeah and sometimes it's yeah. struggle reward struggle reward. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we want it to be where we're, it's rewarding you know that's where we want it to be but um you know i wanted to just kind of add when we first started too, which is funny, you know, because now we have computers, we have cell phones, we have oh, GPS. Yeah. We didn't have none of that. We didn't Thomas even have guy, a, baby. We didn't even have a computer and you know, and we just did it. We went to the library and printed some some flyers and went to some apartments when mm -hmm. we had the apartments and you know, and that's what we did. You know, and it's it's crazy. But the benefits of being self employed is is many though. You mm -hmm. know, even though we struggled, it there is many because we were able to be there for our kids to take them, both of us to be there, to take them for breakfast at school, to attend their their mm -hmm. stuff at school. We scheduled accordingly, you know, when it was just us, you know, back then too. And it, it has been a, a, a nice ride. It has, you know, when it has goes like this and, and it has. And that's, know? that's a way to connect it to them without like, like, you know, not being rude or anything about it, but be like, you know why I was able to be so present and a lot of other people weren't like it's because this business when cared for properly it, it it frees you up it is freedom having a business is freedom now yeah. you know there's different levels to it as there is to anything but you know it, it is not impossible to grow a business to the point where you can suddenly step back and say i could take three or four vacations a year and not like my whole financial situation doesn't implode you know what i mean Whereas some people, you know, they, they're grateful for one a year. 
Or like you said, those moments where you're able to take them to breakfast, take them to school, be there for extracurricular events and stuff like that. Those things are invaluable to children, but a lot of the time they just, it's, and, and I'm not, I don't know your kids, but I'm just going based off of previous experience with some people, right? They, they, some, they get older and they're just like, yeah, my parents have always been there. They don't know anything else. Right. Um, right. and, but they don't know that it's because you guys all ultimately took that sacrifice in the beginning. And we're like, especially, you know, where you're telling me about working these crazy shifts and, and, and starting really early in the morning to take a bus and all of that stuff led you to that moment where you can do that. But you took a risk with, you know, your health, your sanity, all of that. And it, it doesn't end now. It just becomes a different type of risk. Right. So that kind of ties back to what we were talking about with it's, it's time to, if you guys are going to be operating by yourselves, the residual income after all your bills and stuff are covered, start looking at how you're going to strategically invest in your business because yeah. it, it's going to be an investment in yourselves actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I think you guys could do it. Just be, just, I, I, the reason I have really high hopes for you guys, honestly, is just the fact that you guys are still doing it. Uh, whereas a lot of people would be like, well, we've given it a shot for 20 years and we're still not retired or close to it. So fuck it, you know, and they just, but the, you can't be afraid of work. Right. And you guys aren't. So it's just going to take continuing that and then start opening up these other avenues and trying and, and connecting with people. That is a big thing. Um, I tell this to a lot of people too, but my friend, Jonathan, who came on the podcast with me and, and Danny, uh, he found my podcast while he was working himself. He had one other guy who was like part-time. He was working by himself, searched up Bastard Refinishing Podcast. I popped up. He asked if he can come. And at that moment, I had to just, I had let some people go who I was training. And then I got a hotel in Puerto Rico to do 93 jetted tub conversions where you seal off the jacuzzi holes. And I'm charging them $1,000 a room. So it is 93 grand and that's before the expenses because whenever I travel outside the country, they're paying for hotel, they're paying for flights, they're paying for everything. All of that is separate. And I was like, I need to find a way to do this. So after I talked to him and I got a sense that he wasn't, you know, a crazy lunatic and actually knew what he was doing. <laughs> I, guess a lot what, of people, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> guess what I did though? I took a chance on some person that I just met and I was like, do you want to come to Puerto Rico? Because I need the help. Awesome. And this shit needs to get done. And we worked it out. And the only reason we were able to do that, number one is I took the risk starting this entire thing, which was not cheap. You know, it's an, it's an investment to start a, some sort of, even if it's a small scale, but it's still a production. Right. Mm -hmm. But also I took the risk of trusting someone and going with my gut. But the reward was obviously we got to do that project and get paid on it and make a good amount of profit and and it also helps bolster the image of the company that we were called out to Puerto Rico from Florida and were there for three weeks and did this thing for them over there. You know, not everyone was doing that. They had called Miracle Method, which is a franchise. They had called uh, Safe Step, which is the largest hotel bathtub refinisher. They're a national chain also. And they all said no. And I was the only one who went. And I said, yeah. And so it's... Yeah, that's... Awesome. The power of connections, man, it is, it is, a, it's a real thing. 
I, I and and like you know so I did that and then putting up clips of the podcast I meet Danny I talk to him a couple times and then he flies out over here and comes in person and he's given me a lot of invaluable information things that I would have never like known if it wasn't for talking to somebody who was usually I'm like the guy who's telling people who like like are aren't as successful or as big as my company right like how to do things but then now I'm being taught and it's kind of a cool thing and that's why connections are important a lot of people like to close off when things are struggling right like damn you know I can't do it no man you gotta that's when you reach out to people never be afraid of asking for help and whether you know whether it be personal whether it be business talk to other people because a lot of the times the struggles are they're parallels man the same shit you've gone through I've already told you literally Danny had the same situation. I've had similar situations. My parents have, so it's not just happening to you, but you gotta, you gotta have the know-how to go out, reach out to people and then implement the stuff that they did in your own way to make it to where like you can get out of it. Right. And grow and, and, and expand and be bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, like specific questions or stuff that you wanted to ask? Um, you know, being as you know, uh, you know, we're like in a similar. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the technical stuff with the bathtub sure. refinishing. Yeah, what do you got? So, uh, mm -hmm. are you still? You guys still using the the wipe-on bonding agent? Yes. The wipe-on primer. Mm -hmm. So, I when I heard that because I've always been like, that's the way to go. Cause I did, when I worked for bathtub King, we etched, mm -hmm. we primed and then, um, sprayed when I got on my own, I had heard about the bonding agent. I use, um, the either Ed's or I use, um, Hawks, uh -huh. the quick print 2000. Okay. And the reason why I believed in that so much, I had did a job and for some reason, bathtub king didn't teach me to etch the front because if there's tile yeah you know what i mean we didn't want to drop it on there so i kind of implemented that a little bit okay. um and i didn't do it but i still put the bonding agent on it and then sprayed a tub and they had a window there and it got rain inside okay or something happened moisture or something and the plumber they had go there had put tape or something on that outside and it pulled it Mm -hmm. and this is when we had first started and i started our business and i had started using it was like my third residential or something and i was like oh okay my apologies you know i'll fix it i'll take it off because they the part the plumber had told them that we didn't prep it right and blah 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 mm -hmm. um that it shouldn't have came off like that mm -hmm. and so i went back and i was taking it off and I got to where the bond, the, where I had used the etch on it. Okay. And it was like up to the top of the ledge. And then on the inside, you cannot budge it. I mean, like you said, with the razor blade and I was trying for it. I put stripper on it. I did all kinds of things I could to get it off. Mm -hmm. And I guess they had talked to somebody who said, oh, it all has to come off and blah, blah, blah. So they really wanted me to get it off. Well, I had said, you know, it won't come off. And I talked to John Mayo, who owned Omega, 
what should I do in this situation? They want it all off and it's not able to come off. And he goes, that stuff works good, don't it? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so he he advised me to do a letter. You know, I will not hold Rudy harmless. Uh, um, you know, that it, it won't hold me responsible for it. And I told the lady, look, I'll give you the money back for the tub and plus to get it stripped which was like 250 or something she had said that the guy had said it would cost. So I did that plus that money, you know, and let them let them handle it and not hold me at mm. accountable for that because I gave them their money back plus money to get it done. Mm. So ever since then I was like, oh, there's no way that this stuff doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, have you used it? Do. Have you been using it since? Oh yeah, I've been you. I we've been in business twenty three years, and I've been using it for uh, twenty two years. But I've been I was spraying since ninety five. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. So that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, over yeah. thirty years, almost thirty years. Yeah, thirty years. I almost. I so I used to use uh, the one from Midwest. Um, yeah, I've used to, I used to use that one, but I talked to a couple refinishers and they put me on to a product that's called Crosslink 3. Right. I, I want to try that. That shit. The other ones are impressive. Don't get me wrong. Crosslink is in a league of its own, man. That stuff is like insane. I've used it on floors. I've used it on, on concrete. I've used it on tile obviously i've used it on tubs and we have not gotten a call back for any sort of peeling failure or anything like that since i started using it now right. it's always now it's always which is easier to fix it's always like something got caught in the finish or there's a little run here and there stuff like that but the the material does not come off and right and that yeah, stuff it's, is it's amazing it's excellent stuff man uh, a lot of people are still all up on, you know, they'll still use resin and stuff like that, which I do sometimes tell the guys if it's a crazy color to use the resin to eat up the, the, the color like intensity. Like if it's like dark green or black tile, then yeah. But most of the time you can wipe that stuff on and you're good to go. It cuts the prep time in half too. And it's a game yeah, changer for uh, a lot of people who want to do volume. Uh, that's something that, uh, Danny from Alliance, I was telling him too, because he does a lot of volume work, and he told me that they uh, they primer it with like by spraying, and I was like, man, you got to get on these wipe on primers, man. They're not new; they've been around for no, decades already. They just keep they just keep making them better, though. So yeah, there's multi surface now for fiberglass, mm -hmm. for mica. Yeah, that stuff is like super glue, man. Yeah, we love it. I love it. I like that. That's. <laughs> So you do, you do uh, the uh, you do the the spring. She does like the prep work. That's kind of how you guys divvy it up. You guys go to the same jobs. Now it's just me. Just okay. I do everything. Oh, okay. and, no, Patty and I, because she preps. She's my prepper. Only, only uh, I'll go to prep only if it's a big, big job. You know, okay. like big job. You know that I'll go and help. But mainly, I do the behind the scenes stuff. Okay. So what would you guys say is the biggest struggle with the business right now, how, as it sits? 
just uh, being busy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I got, I always got stuff to do because that's what I was, I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I have a mastermind. Maybe. I go to 1 million cups. That'd be good for you too. Daniel, you could present on there 1 million cups. Okay. I'm sure there's one there in Orlando. Okay. And, uh, but I go, um, just, um, like, uh, real estate. I belong to a real estate association, mm-hmm. a, a real estate of, uh, I forgot what it is. <laughs> Yeah, but that that I was doing a lot of that until I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. That's what I had got, and I really love doing that. Yeah, doing the estimates and meeting people and all that. You know, one of the things that, like, if that is your passion as far as the work goes, then you know that first step and what we've been talking about the overarching goal, right, is to get back into like you have the, this thing that you can pass on, right. But the mm-hmm. first step would be you break it into these smaller goals, right? So the first step would be get you into doing the part of the job that you really like to do, which is the selling. Because then that doesn't feel like work, right? It's like, I'm just going out and meeting people. I'm just going out and getting the business. Um, and then try try to have you know a, a person that you can count on doing the work. And as the workload grows, because you're doing something that's helping the business get more work, then, yeah. you know, everything kind of will fall into place. My, my, if you're, if, you know, if you're not doing much of that anymore, that's kind of, that. there's your answer, man. Like you need to be doing this, these kinds of things, networking, advertising, all of it. Not, it's not just one thing. One thing can help. One thing could be what's giving you the majority of benefits, but it is very much a, I'm doing this here. I'm doing that there. I'm doing that there. And a combination of things is that's why it's called a, mar- a marketing strategy, right? You're, you're, you're doing all these things to make sure that you're keeping your business busy. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I struggle with it. It is, it is a balance. So like I don't go out and do the jobs anymore, but I handle the calls. I handle like, you know, quality control. I handle the guys uh, my brother does too, but uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on. Right. And so sometimes I do struggle with that aspect of it too, but whenever I see any sort of lapse in the schedule, I'm like, God damn it. I'm not fucking doing my job the way it should be done. Something needs to be, something needs to give here. Right. So either, whether that's putting more responsibility onto some other, someone else, whether that's like taking a look at the numbers and seeing realistically if I could find some some help here and then I could free up this one day on the schedule to go out and bust my ass advertising, would it make a difference? What like can we swing that? Because as you know, man, one knock on the door, one phone call could change everything. It, it, uh, I went to I, I tell this story a lot, too, but um, I'll, I'll tell it to you guys here. I went to my first kind of trade show thing for a, a association called the Central Florida Hotel and Lodging Association. The first year we went was like two years ago. Um, and I was nervous as fuck. I didn't know what, what I was doing. I just went to this event and me and my brother met, we met the uh, regional directors for Lowe's Hotel Group. And uh, we literally were just making small talk with them, telling them what we did. 
And they were like, how fast could you guys do 1,800 tubs? And we're like, like six months. And they were like, okay. Took a card. A week later, they called me to do a demo. A week after that, we're in the hotel doing tubs. 15 tubs a day. They gave me a deposit. And this was when I was new. So I was like, holy fuck. It's the power of it. And obviously, it's not going to happen all the time. But this is how quick things can. The deposit was $162,000. Oh, man. And to this day, we have not finished the tubs there because it's for Cabana Bay Beach Resort that's connected to Universal. So they're seasonal. So, like, they had that window there because it was close to COVID that the hotels weren't packed. So we were in there, in there, in there. And then I'm just sitting on their deposit, like, waiting for them to be like, hey, now we have some time to do some tubs. And every now and then they'll call, hey, we have 40 that you guys can do this week. I'm like, okay. But like that project, by the time we finish it, the ones that started are going to be out of warranty already. We're already working on the property. Who are they going to call to fix those tubs? The people right. who are already there. Right. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, when you actually think about what that, what that cost, it was $150 per me and my brother entry. And then getting out of your comfort zone a little bit and starting to talk to people and try to and actually try to network. And it, we got lucky and it happened right there, right? It doesn't always happen, but that's how quickly things can change. So I would recommend, you know, starting with small. What day of the week can I afford to go and do this? Um, and and maybe, maybe even if, if you want to make some money, look for someone who's willing to sub some work for you during the week. And that way, I have a sub that I, it's 50-50. And so he, but he puts up everything, right? So he's putting up his own right. material, his own gas, his own stuff. And it's yeah, just Yeah, I remember him. you were talking about that. Yeah. So, you know, if it's, if you're charging $700 for a tub, you could still make 350 bucks that day and be out doing the shit you need to be doing to help the business, man. It's possible. You just got to get creative. So I, I didn't think about I that. I haven't. Actually, I was I wanted to ask you about this, and it's um it's about this hiring somebody that's a, a subcontractor. But mm-hmm. I was going when I was um putting an ad on Facebook for on the groups, mm-hmm. and there's this city. It's not too far from everything where where you live up in the mountains, so everything's 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes away. Okay. So I on this group in another town, I saw another refinisher, and it seemed like he's just starting. Mm-hmm. And he just put made an ad. Just he put pictures before and after pictures, and he said he, he mentioned he didn't does not have um, insurance for his business. So I'm kind of like thinking, okay, you know, should we get a hold of him? Does he want to work? You know, like does you know like something like a subcontractor? But we never hired a subcontractor. But the thing is, he doesn't have insurance. So I don't know. What do you think about? So look, like that? sometimes you could bend the rules a little bit, like. But legally, technically speaking, yes, you should have some sort of insurance. That's fine. And mm-hmm. my guys have their own individual businesses, the ones that I sub. But when I when I needed it, I just found someone who could do the fucking work. Um, and and if something did happen on the job site, this is why you, you gotta you gotta vet people. You gotta try them out. Maybe take them on a job with you. Let them do the work with you watching, making sure that they know how to do things properly before you send them out on their own. If you're gonna do that, and then. You know, you know, you're you're basically they 
if something happens on a job site or some shit, it'll it'll be through your COI. But you make sure that it, you know they're they're competent people. You make sure they're not just gonna go in there and start doing stupid shit. So you kind of vet them a little bit, you know. Right. Be like, okay, look, I'm willing to try you out as a sub, but you got to ride along with me for two days next week. And you take them to a tub and a tub and tile, and you let them do everything. Use your material, whatever, for those because you're trying him out to see how he does the actual work, see how it comes out, and if it's good, then you're like, okay, I know that this guy works, or I know that these people suck, and I'm not going to use him anymore. Anymore, um, but if 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 you're really really worried about it, you just got to tell him. If you want to work with us long term, you're going to need insurance. Uh, you're going to need your own COI, and and you know because you're technically your own boss as a 1099. You know, mm-hmm. so like tax classification wise, the way things are, you know, material and stuff like that, they're supposed to be providing it. Um, so, you know, and at the end of the day, an insurance policy, if someone's not willing to pay a hundred bucks to make four or five hundred bucks a week, conservatively, right. like then do are they, are, is their business even going to survive if this guy's starting a business? Like that's how you got to tell them like. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to be in business anyway, you're going to need this. So what is it? There's ways to go around it, though. But, yeah, that that's what I would recommend is is just try them out. Regardless, you should try them out. But if if he's wary about it, you can just try to work it out that way. If okay. that makes sense. I didn't, I, I didn't know how to approach him because he has his own business, you know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to insult him. To say, you know, hey, do you want to do some work for us or as a sub that you don't have your insurance? Or do you want to just work for us for really being employed, be employed by us? You know, so I didn't know. Well, at the end of the day, because you would be subcontracting the work, technically speaking, you're mm-hmm. supposed to have his COI on file, but you are the main contractor. So as long as you have a COI, in the eyes of legalities, you should be fine. Right, because um, mm-hmm. you're hiring him to do something for you, and your name is going to be on the invoice and all of that stuff. Um, but you know, it it technically you're supposed to have his on file, and it's more for uh, it's just more because it there is like uh, like formalities, right? So you have like technically for a vendor, anybody who you're paying, you should have a W nine on file for taxes and. A 1099 and some sort of agreement in writing or whatever, but some people just you know just find a way to get it started and worry about that shit later. And sometimes you got to do that. But I I do think I, I mean it's not offensive. Some people might take offense to it, but you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> you can't right. be you can't be nervous. It's like okay, well whatever. I mean if you don't want it, that's fine. I, I had a guy who uh, told me no and that he was busy as fuck, and then two weeks later was begging me for work because. Shit hit the fan in his business, and the the leads he was getting from Facebook Marketplace dried up because all he was doing was putting ads on Marketplace, not even like actual ads, and just putting up like, hey, I do this and this and this, and he was like, I asked him like if he wanted to sell work. He's like, I have my own work, blah 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 blah, and then like a couple of weeks later, he was like, hey, uh, do you still have work? You still need someone? I'm like, bro, no, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, it, it, it's okay. uh, it's worth a shot. And I would go and explore, you know, those people, they could be the diamond in the rough you guys need because 
they have the motivation to start a business. And so in the beginning, they might not, because they don't have as much overhead and cost and stuff, they might be willing to really just go 50-50, put it all in, because they might just be charging what 50-50 would be on you guys might just be what they might be charging because they need the money, right? Right. So it, it might not even be a, a bad deal for them. They're just probably just like, well, this is what I would charge anyway, right? right. And And this is how I do things, but you don't have to do it that way. But there's also an incentive for them to learn how a business that's been around for a couple decades actually works mm -hmm. and what expectations are and stuff like that. Because if they're new and they're really serious, they'll appreciate the fact that you guys have been around for a while and they'll start asking questions. And that's part of, that's part of the sweetening of the deal, right? It's like, mm -hmm. like I'll give you some information to help you. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I have competitors in my area that I tell them exactly how to do shit. And I don't ever see it as like they're competitors on paper. But at the end of the day, people buy for their reasons, not yours. Just because you tell them how to do something to make their business better is just, it's not going to mean you're not getting business. I always say that good karma put out brings good karma back. And I, I really believe that. that. That's the way we are um, here in Yuba County. Mm -hmm. There, all the car, we, I get along with. We all share work, all the carpet cleaners, yeah. and, you know, we refer each other, and, yeah, it, we don't see it. It's not a competition. No, it's and not. There's lots of work. I mean, you saw you saw the podcast with Danny, and you saw how me and Jonathan talk. Like, Jonathan works in Orlando all the time, and he's in Tampa. He works in Orlando because there's money here, and sometimes I'll take a job over there. But sometimes there's an opportunity where I can't go, and instead of giving it to some random, I'll, and I know Jonathan, how he works and how he is, I'll be like, you want to take this project? He did a project for me in Jacksonville. I made five grand. I never even showed up because right. I, su I subbed it to him. His situation is different. He had less overhead at the time. He could take the job. And and so, like, it pays to to start making those connections. Even that sub, who knows? Maybe he builds things up to a way where he could teach you things and then you teach him things like, Jonathan started this shit two and a half years ago, about to be three, and he's taught me things. And I've been in this business my whole life because and everyone's journey is a little bit different. And you might, something that might take you 15 years to pick up, he might have learned just yesterday. And yeah. he might have something that he learned that you still haven't even heard of, man. So it, it happens sometimes. Yeah, definitely. You learn something new every day. Mm hmm. Definitely, especially in this kind of work. Yeah, yeah, I'm always open. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you guys came, and I, I really, I feel like you guys are going to get this thing to where you guys want it to be. I just think that, uh, you know, don't get into your head too much. At the end of the day, this is, this is one thing I love to tell people because it puts things into perspective, and you guys should always be putting things into perspective, right? You want your business to grow. You want all these things. Great. Fantastic. At the end of the day, don't take anything too serious. Not even your business. Care about it. Love it. But if tomorrow they say the, the nukes are coming, are you going to give a fuck about the tubs? No. So be fearless when you go out and you're advertising. Have no fear because this is all a game. Business is one big game. It yeah, is right. like it, 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 you have to like a lot of people nowadays, you know, they have anxiety and all this stuff. And like, those are yeah. things that like 
Like it is the opposite of what the entrepreneur business owner and stuff are like you win the game by being an ex extroverted. You win the game by going out and meeting people and talking right. to people in person and building connections. All these things that are now kind of weird and a lot of people don't do like yeah. that's those are the things they're uncomfortable for a reason. Everything worth doing is uncomfortable, man. Yeah. And right. you got to go out and do it. And this, it ties back into what we're talking about advertising, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's definitely. Before we leave, stuff. I want to sing my jingle if that, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. If your bathtubs are full of scuffs and your countertops are looking rough, you can call us anytime at Rudy's Fantastic Chime. If your tile grouts all turning black and your showers all full of cracks, you could call us anytime at Rudy's Fantastic Shine. Everybody, Rudy's Fantastic Shine. Rudy's Fantastic Shine. You could call us anytime at Rudy's Fantastic. Rudy's Fantastic. Rudy's Fantastic Shine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> have you, like, have you got, like good medicine, my ha, brother. Have you gotten that turned into an actual jingle? Yeah. Oh man, that is awesome. Yeah. Did you write that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that is great. I have a little a little bathtub guys jingle that I use on on some of the ads, and I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that. That's awesome. You guys were <laughs> uh, really a pleasure, and if like like I said, my door's open. I can connect awesome. you to other people. Uh, you. I owe, you know, if, if you want to talk to Danny and them, I'll tell him, Hey, is it cool? He's cool. So I'm sure he'll be fine. If, if you link up with him, Jonathan, whatever. And if you need any help from other people, like I know a lot of people in this industry, if you want to talk to awesome. me, my door's always open. You can call or text Thank me. You. And, and I want you guys, I when we talk again, this won't be the last time, guys. Now you're tied right. to me forever. Yeah, <laughs> the next time we talk, I really want you guys to have started some sort of Google thing. We can work on it in the behind the scenes a little bit whenever you yeah. guys have time and our schedules kind of correlate. And I'll try to help you guys start your first campaign and see, awesome. see how it goes and then see like what kind of difference it's going to make. Because I feel like for if you guys were doing that good with Facebook, Google is going to be a game changer for you guys, especially in your area. I think you guys can get a killer campaign and, and make a lot of money. So, okay. um, awesome, like a plan awesome. thank you so much. We should start a mastermind. Oh yeah. Those people you mentioned and us. What, so what exactly is this? Like a, like a, like, like a group together? A group. Yeah. A group mastermind, you know, two or where two or three are gathered, you know, I'm there in the mix kind of thing. And, we should you know, make like a Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I was in one and I got kicked out because I guess somebody there saw my podcast and I, I had mentioned something about some of these owner operators who all they talk about is how pretty the paint is, but they're all broke. And I think one of the owners is one of those types of guys. And like, yeah, he, he got salty and kicked me out of the group. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But we it, should, it, definitely. Yeah. yeah I'd but be down for something. I do want to tell you, thank you so much. And I admire you because you being, you know, product of somebody else's parent, you know, taught you, your parents, Child, you yeah. know, and a refinishing 
family, you know, and it's, I, I, I commend Our kids you. Are I your commend you and I'm so, you're not my son or anything, but I'm proud of you, you know, <laughs> and you. I could just, you know, just thank you. Thank yeah, you. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of you guys too. It's hard to be in business for 20 plus years, especially with something like this. And, and, you know, you guys are noble people who want to have something to pass on to your kids. And so I feel like I could help you guys get to a point where we can make this thing possible. You know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm the type of person, like I said before, I try to put out good and I feel like it'll, it returns back to me. So whatever you guys need from me, call me, text me, and I will do my best to help you and assist you and, and, We'll get you connected with a network of people who are like-minded and we'll we'll make this thing happen, man. Thank you. Thank Sounds you. Great. No thank problem. You. Thank you guys. You guys were awesome. I'm gonna go thank ahead and you. end there. You too. All right. You're awesome. Have a great one. You too. You've been listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to keep up with the Bathtub Guys on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Or visit bathtubguys.com for more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.